Hello awesome people, I hope y'all having an awesome day. Um, as you've probably seen from the title, um I have a guest today with me and um we'll be talking about uh sports, physical activity and a lot about um motivation, the education system and writing. So today I'm here with Roger and we're going to talk about um mental health, especially in teens. So um do you like would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Roger Pollard. I'm currently a uh, high school teacher. I've been teaching high school for 15 years. I've always been, uh, and, and also a uh, longtime football coach. I've, I've recently stepped away um, to conquer this endeavor. Uh, what, I, what I felt was of the utmost importance uh, for my seven-year-old twins was for me to start doing a lot of research on what I see the trends are in terms of our youth, in terms of the future, and, you know, kind of ways to combat that and, and get the trends moving in a different direction and um, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much where I am reading and, and listening and and then and then also writing I've, I've written two books right now in our motive in my motivational series the first one is the book everybody should read and that is based on like telling who are you you know like you're not your name you know you're not uh, a, a label you are a um, a divine creature that can do so many wonderful and different things. But the first thing we all need to do is kind of find out who we are. And then my second book is Courage, Love and Discipline. And that's just giving people directive. So um, yeah, that's, I guess, me in a nutshell. <laughs> um, yeah, so I really like that you work like with education and all that. So um, the first question I have for you is that how um, how is how do you think mental health should be taught in schools and how it should be taught to teens? In, in teaching mental health, I think we, we've got to teach ourselves like who we are. Um, I, I, I really, really think, and I love the educational system. I think the educational system is a representation of what we see around us. You know, um, I would, there's, there's no time that I would have rather been born than right now. You know, um, I, I wouldn't want to have been born 700 or 1,000 or 2,000 years ago. I would love to be here right now. Um, but with that said, we have different challenges. And um, so the first thing with mental health for me is uh, the, tech, the, the role that technology is playing on our, on our mindset and, and the studies that are coming out about how it affects us. Like we're social creatures and what technology is doing is taking us away from what we are, you know, face-to-face -face conversation with people. But now technology is offering, also offering us some insight into, like we would never have been able to do anything like this without it. So uh, being, being detailed and being deliberate and, and being courageous. Uh, courage is the ability to take, um, to take action knowing the consequences, both good and bad. And I think we, we kind of just turn a willful blind eye to the bad. Yeah, because um, social media and everything, it's really nice, especially for me to like spread awareness about mental health and to just talk about my podcast with other people. And like you said, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Zoom and if, if it wasn't for like the internet and everything. But I have to say social media is it's sometimes really negative like people on there just love harmful effects 
So that does lead me on to another question I have for you. And that is, um, I find your books really interesting and writing personally helped me a lot through my journey. So how big of a role has writing been in your life? Um, huge, tremendously huge. I, I tell everybody we are a, a, a product of four things. The first thing is, what do you pay attention to? Right, like how do you pay attention? And from paying attention, you integrate information and you meditate on that information that turns into knowledge. You put not you put action behind knowledge, and that's wisdom. Now, you know, that's all convoluted and, and, and detailed and philosophical, but in short, I tell people and I tell my students the best thing that you can do is write because writing is teaching you how to think. And the educational system is not, the goal isn't to get A's and B's. The goal is for you to integrate as much information into yourself and create value. How much more value can you make yourself? And then later in life, you exchange that value for a job and for money. But I think we're, we're, we're a little bit too simplistic in that sense. But writing, writing for people, especially not just this on the keyboard, but um, but with pen and paper, it's it pays so much dividend to giving your body the ability to articulate thoughts and get emotions out and get feelings out and and connect on a certain way and and, and get your thoughts in a uh, in sequence, right? You're, if 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 human beings were super, were superpower, that yeah, if if human beings had superpowers it would be focused. Our ability to focus is, is what makes us uh, special and divine. And that's what writing really cultivates and, and, uh, and uh, homes in. Yeah, because myself, I'm not very good at focusing for long periods of time. Like I'll fidget around and everything, but writing is something like I do at night or something I do when I'm feeling a lot of emotions and, and like feelings in that. So, it really does help. And so I, for me, I like to write poetry. Um, for you, do you like journaling or do you like writing poems or what type of writing do you like? I, uh, that's, that's crazy. I've, um, I've always liked poetry, right? Like uh, I say, I say uh, letters, letters are representations and we use those letters, well, letters are symbols, which are representations of something. And then we put those symbols in order to make words. And we put words together that, that are trying to represent something, but it can never represent the whole thing. And that's where poetry is found. That's where metaphor is found. That's where simile is found. It's something is like that. Something is like that, this. Um, so writing is a way for us to express ourselves because as much as we think we know, we don't know. And the, the body, the person needs other outlets other than what we have built. I'm not complaining about what we have built, but what we have built is not everything. Artistic creation, go out and draw, go out and dance, go out and stretch, go out and move your body. And um, that's what my, my second book is really on in the courage facet, eat right, sleep right and exercise and what those things do for us and our well-being is is phenomenal. Yeah, and for for me, I like to exercise, but I don't play a lot of sports. I like um ball sports, so I do play basketball, and it's my favorite. 
um, I play a bit of football, so uh, soccer. And um, for you, how how do you think um, physical sports and especially like competitive ones and team sports would help a person struggling through uh, their mental health? Ooh, um, well, the first one I'll just uh, with activity. After 15 minutes of activity, we can trace, uh, we can measure the amount of BDNF that uh, goes through your blood system. BDF, BNF, BDNF is brain derived neurotropic factor. And what that does is it increases our ability to focus. It um, damages neuron, it repairs damaged neurons and it coats uh, healthy neurons in our brain. Um, when we start going into competitive sports, uh, competitive sports are also cooperative sports. Competition and cooperation work together. Like if you're playing basketball, you're not running with the ball under your arm like you're playing football. Like we're all cooperating within a certain series of rules. So um, the, the, the cooperation and uh, competition go hand in hand with who we are as people. Right. You as an individual are a product of what I call the five big or what is called the five um, five agents of sociology, which is your family, your friends, your um, faith, family, friends, mass media and education. Well, with friends, like who are you playing the sports with? Where you're, you're, and also family, like we think immediate family, but the, the original family is really the community. Who are you cooperating with? Who are you competing with? It's again, what technology is doing, it's taking us away from people and putting us in chairs behind screens, going out and, and being interactive with other people, whether it's a 15 minute walk or whether it's a two hour basketball or football game, that cooperation has been shown to increase our mood, to increase our, our lively, it's, it's life. Right, you're living, you're moving, you're interacting, and those interactions are are the big part of that that uh, cooperation and competitive nature that we just I think we we have to have. Yep, I I like playing sports, and for me, I do enjoy um, going to competitions and all that. And I sometimes have basketball matches and football matches, and those do excite me like playing with friends and playing against teams but sometimes if it's in like a big tournament or in like a big one and a big match it does stress me out and so what would you consider like the right amount of stress and how should I deal with it if I handling too much stress oh man great question um well with people you can have two people go through the same exact situation same same thing if you well you know same person goes through the same things the same incident right you have a big game and and it's coming up and you're really nervous about it if you approach it as if it's a challenge if you approach it like michael jordan said you know he even michael jordan the, the king of basketball said he always got uh, nervous before games his goal wasn't to lean away from that nervousness. That nervousness is your body getting ready, churning up, warming up because you really care about what's going on. He said he would just get all the butterflies going in the same direction. That's it, right? Like that's that's my body. Once, once you lean into it and you face it as a challenge, now your reward system starts to go. Now your dopamine levels start to spike. Now the positive motivation starts to go. We only achieve positive motivation through seeing ourselves move towards a goal, 
motivation takes place with uh, four brain states. One, your amygdala has to fire. That means you have to be scared in order to be motivated. Two, your basal ganglia, that's go or no, no go. That's do or do, don't do. Uh, three, your occipital lobe. Your occipital lobe is like if I told you I'm going to scratch my nails on a chalkboard and you kind of feel that. There has to be kind of that that bodily reaction to it. And then four is your lateral, your left lateral prefrontal cortex. And that just lets you know you can't achieve positive motivation by just saying, oh, I'm going to open the door. You know that's not a challenge. So if you lean into that stress and you say, this is my body getting ready, let's go you're gonna achieve positive motivation. Now, same person, now I change my my attitude and the way I look at it as, oh my gosh, what is this? Oh, and, and it's something that's happening to you. Then your amygdala is gonna to fire too much and you're gonna go through stress. You're gonna you're going to get negative stress. You're gonna have cortisol that's gonna go through your body. Cortisol is great in a short span, but over long periods of time, it's damaging. So if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Just by, uh, uh, just by looking at it as a challenge, just as um, uh, identifying it and labeling it as my body's getting warmed up, I really care about this. And I, I tell people, don't care about the product, go back into your process. So if you're feeling really stressed out, Think about how much you studied for it. Think about how much you practiced for it. Think about, uh, think about your routine and everything that you did off to, to get yourself ready, right? Confidence doesn't come from just being you. Confidence is derived from your preparation. So if you practiced for it, if you put yourself in place where you were deliberate about things, about how I shoot the ball or how I do whatever, you know, the, fit, the, the crowd and everything will go away once you get into it. And and again, you change the way you look at it. Yo, I love it. I like it. My body's warmed up. My body's ready to go. And now the positive, um, the positive physiological factors in your body start to fire instead of the negative ones. Because I agree with everything you're saying. And I agree with the motivational part and like really embracing the nervousness and the anxiety because it's being nervous, it's a good thing at times and it's showing that we care and it's a big part of my life. Like before a basketball match, I get nervous, but I know it's because I care and I can decrease my anxiety. Like I know I've done everything I could possibly do. I know I've practiced a lot. And so um, I think Kobe, Kobe Bryant said something like that, like, he won't get as nervous if he knew that he'd already done everything he could possibly do. So for 100%. me, yeah, for me, that really decreases my anxiety levels. And so for me, also having like family and friends helps a lot. So like support and community and all that. So for you, um, how big of a role, like how's family and friends how important it is in like mental health. But the, the importance is um, it's astronomical. Like the, 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 greatest, the greatest predictor of longevity in terms of life is how many friends you actually have. You know, that's why Facebook and that's why these social media platforms are so, um, that's, that's why they've exploded, so to say. Um, but 
the reason why they exploded is because we need friendships. Like if if you know nothing else, whether the person smokes, whether he's alcoholic, whether how many friends a person has, how many close um, relationships that an individual human being has in terms of you know phone calls and and hanging out with people, that's a better predictor of how long you'll live than anything else. We are social creatures. So when I when I say that you are your faith, your family, your friends, mass media and education, when I say family, the first, the real family that we are isn't only your mom and dad. It is the community. It's every it's every single friend that you have. It's every single little interaction throughout the day that you have a good conversation. And you might have a bad conversation. You know, life, how can there be a mountain if you don't have valleys? You need both mountains and valleys. Everything is duality. If you, in order to breathe, you need to breathe both in and out. Well, we approach life as if everything is a mountain. If everything was a mountain, there wouldn't be a mountain. So there are the ups, lean into the down. And if you lean into the down and also appreciate the ups, you're, you're gonna be even killed. So um, there's a there was a study done um, with people in terms of their well-being and how they felt. For for people who consistently kind of praise the the good moments, the little good moments. Like I had a, you know, I told my mom, I really leaned in and told my mom I love her. Or I I I, I got to hug my my wife before she left and went to work today. Um, if we celebrate and take a little a, a little breath, a little mindful breath on the positive aspects, the small positive aspects, not the game winning shots. If the people who consistently lean in throughout their day on the 12 positive act interactions versus the person who only wants the, the game winning shot in front of everybody, the people who consistently, you know, live this thing called life and lean into those small positive moments that, that we take for granted, it increases your well-being. Um, writing, writing every morning, write seven things down that you're grateful for. Again, writing that mind-body connection. And now you're talking about gratitude. You know, I tell people every morning, go into your bag. Think about your, think about your blessings. What do you have right now that you wanted so much? And now that you have it, you don't even, you just walk right past it. You know, we take so many things for granted. The sun, the sun is there every day. Well, really lean into how beautiful the sun is. Really lean in. There's a tree out there that you can sit down, take a deep breath and, and really take in that magnificence. Um, what achieve? What have you achieved in your life? You know, what are the things that, you know, I really wanted first place, like you played in a basketball tournament and you won it, but you won it five years ago. So you don't think about it anymore. That doesn't make it any less special. And then think about your goals. So blessings, achievements, and goals anytime you're feeling down and then be grateful. What, what are you grateful for? Write that down every seven, every, every seven. I, I tell my students for homework on Friday, some days, Go home, wash the dishes, you know, clean up. And when your parents come in the door, hug them, tell them you love them. And like a, a, a long, the awkward hug and look at them in their eye and tell them you love them and walk off and go into your room, you know, just because, you know, they will come and hey, what's going on? What's wrong? Why do we live in a world where if you show somebody a, 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 a great amount of gratitude and blessing and love and connection, 
now all of a sudden you want something or now all of a sudden it's, something's wrong. I think that that premise is wrong, but you know, we have to live our lives and we have to go about it day by day. But I just say, what do you have that you're grateful for? Really, really, we don't, we, we, you can't be grateful and take something for granted. And I think we take too much for granted. So, and, and because I'm, I mean, we have to do that, but because of that, let's be deliberate about how much we look in and lean into gratitude. You know, like I have this laptop here. Since I've had it, I'm not, you know, I just say, oh yeah, whatever. But damn, man, like there are people out there who don't have this. There are people out here who don't have the house. There are people out here that don't have your shirt. So, um, yeah, yeah like, I'm sorry. I, I, I know it's, I had like conversation with a friend another day and for me, I love my parents and my mom, especially I, every time she gets off work, like I give her a big hug and I have my dog and my dog because uh, he's a rescue. So he understands what it's like without a family. So when he sees us all getting home, he gets really happy. And so that's great. And it's like the same with my mom. I buy my mom flowers because yeah, she likes flowers. 100%. And I'm like, my friends, they think like, some of them think that buying flowers is like a big achievement, like buying flowers and they only buy it for her, like maybe during Mother's Day or during Valentine's Day. And they also feel like they deserve something in return. And for me, I'm so appreciative of what my mom has done for me. So I don't think it should be like, not normal for a person to show gratitude it should be normal for a person to hug their parents and it's the same with my dog because I love my dog like a whole lot and um a few months ago there was like this trend like kissing your dog and see how they would react and a lot of dogs were like really surprised and everything but I kiss my dog every day so he doesn't think it's special or anything so it's the little things that really matter and it's practicing being grateful for what you have and grateful for others that's really important so I love like what you're saying and everything yeah it's everything it's um the uh, Leah McGilchrist and there's a the a class of uh philosophers and scientists that the relationship exists before the thing like really, you know, at times, uh, and it's not just, you know, the hug, maybe, you know, like my wife is away, me talking about her with her not even being here and leaning into the the energy that's exchanged between us, you know, the energy that's exchanged from, you know, thinking about my mom right now, you know, and 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 that love and that energy, you know, at, at any point, if you're going through something that's really hard, you're not leaning in to the people who care. Like, what could you do that your mom would say, you know, or whatever, like that relationship wouldn't exist. There isn't anything that you could do. Those relationships are there. You are going to mess up. You are going to, you know, life happens. But when it really comes back down to it, you know the people that 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 have, that are there for you. And when you, whenever you, any, whenever any of us are, are kind of feeling down, again, go into your bag your blessings, your achievements and your goals, and then also the relationships that you have on a familial level. And I'm not saying immediate family level, like you, you, every, you've brought up 
your dog, you've brought up your mom, you've brought up your friends, you've brought up teens, all of those relationships and combination and culmination. If you, if you tune into the positivity of that, what could really get you down? You know, does your mom care if you miss the layup, you know, to win the game? No, nah, she feels bad for you, but she's still going to love the hell out of you. And that's what it's about. Yeah. And going back to your point about like um, the metaphor of like mountains and valleys, I'm really thinking about it and I realize how true it is and the there are obstacles along the way and as a person I think um, I should really like accept it like not run away from a challenge but go for it and learn how to learn from it and really accept the challenge and because after the challenge there would be so much it would be a lot better I would become better as person and my situation or whatever I'm working on would be better and it's the same with what you said about like basketball and and not um and being consistent throughout and not only wanting to take the game win game winning shot because if all you're focused on is like playing in the fourth quarter and not in the first second and third then you're not really achieving anything because life is not just that last part because life is so much more and it's so much more rewarding if we really try really hard throughout a long period of time. 100% and that's where I think we, like again, the book that everybody should read, um, like who are you? You're who you were, you're who you are and who you will be. But the most important thing, the most important aspect behind who we are as individuals is the part of ourselves that turns us into the next thing. It's the combination of what we are and a new experience that we manifest something in the middle. You know, every every single society, every single civilization has music in their culture. Doesn't matter where it is in the world. Well, why? Well, what is music? Music is, if I, it's not just a single note, you know, it's a note and it's dead spaces and it's different rhythms and it's put into harmony. Well, harmony is up and down. Like that's what our life is. I think that's why it resonates with so much of us. And it's a story. What movie do, does anybody go to that they watch and everything is just all good stuff happening to the main character. You know, every single movie, every single superhero, every single cartoon, it's facing a challenge. Everything, everything you, when you watch a really good movie, somebody faced a ridiculously hard challenge in the eye and they overcame it. Well, you don't, it's not a challenge if it's not bigger than you. So the part of you, it's okay, I failed this time. Like think about it, when you were learning how to walk, if you, if you quit learning how to walk, that's because you fell. Where would you be? You know, it's a lesson that you already know because you would you would fall. You know, sometimes you would cry. Sometimes you didn't even care. You just always continually try to get back up. Learn from who you are from like from whatever, one years old. When you fell, it didn't matter. I have my eye on the goal. I have my eye on the prize. Now, as we get older, there are some goals that, and, and, and this is the hard part, you know, everything, there's not one answer. There's always, it's, it's always duality. There are some things that you may want that don't want you, but there are lessons and blessings behind, behind chasing something where you might think you'll fail. Right? I, I, I tell people all the time, I wanted to be a model. I was too ugly. You know, I worked my butt off for it. 
well, what did I learn from that experience? Well, if you want to do something, you have to be deliberate about how much you, you practice. You have to be deliberate about how you prepare. You have to be deliberate about how you integrate information and technology. So just because I didn't become the model, hey, I wanted to write a book. Okay, what do I do? I have to be deliberate about the information. I have to be deliberate about the time that I put in. So there are still lessons and blessings through everything. Yeah. Every single experience is a learning experience, a growing experience. Just because you want something doesn't mean that you, it wants you, but there is a lesson and a blessing hidden within the experience. That's why experience is so, why it's so bountiful. I can't tell you what, I can't tell you what it's like to be at the top of a mountain. You have to go there yourself. You have to experience it yourself. Yeah, I definitely agree with you 100% because it's so important to know that there would always be ups and downs. There would always be downs. Like, I'm pretty sure I've fallen down many times when I was one. And like, if I just gave up, I wouldn't you be wouldn't walking. Walk. Yeah, I you wouldn't, wouldn't be, be walking walk. right now. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to walk. So, and the same as what you said in the movie, there's always like ups and downs because if everything's just happy, 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 then the story would basically be meaningless. And that's why in movies, there's always like the protagonist, like sacrificing their best friends, that kind of stuff. And like yeah. their parents dying, it's just thickening the plot. And that's what it's like. So we feel a lot happier for the main character when they get what they want at the end. It's the same with life. Like there's always ups and there's always downs. And but there, there, there is no up without a down. Yeah. Right? There is no light without shadow, you know, so. It's, yeah, it's the same. It. It's the same for everything. It's the same for writing. It's the same for music. Because in, in like a song, you have like the verse and you have the chorus. And of course the chorus is the sweet part, but the verse might be, might sound boring, but it's to build up. If it's the build up to the chorus that really matters. And if the whole song is just a chorus, then it would just be really boring. Right. It's too repetitive. It's yeah. too, you know, if, if, if you had the easiest life in the world, well, you wouldn't have to do anything. I think um, Dostoevsky said this. If, if you gave human beings everything where all they needed to do was busy themselves with the continuation of the species, the first thing they would do is smash something just so that they could see something different. And, um, and that's why I, 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 I say us as living creatures, like we have to move. I get that. <clears throat> and we're always going to negative stimulus is always going to come to us. I get that. And I just say we need to be more deliberate about leaning into the positive because we take it. We take the positive. Something positive happens and we just, oh, OK, go. you yeah. know, like, oh, I hug my I hug my wife, kiss my wife goodbye. Or I, I hug my mom. Oh, no, big no, like really, no, really think about that. Really think about the exchange of that energy. Really lean into that positivity because when it, it, it has to happen, like from, from an evolutionary standpoint, millions of years ago, if we were out in the jungle and, and we're, we're whatever, whatever, if you believe, whatever you believe where we came from, it's a million years ago. What do you pay attention to? Do you pay attention to the lion or the butterfly? You know, oh, look at the butterfly. Or do you have to pay attention to where a lion is? You know, because if there's a lion over there, it could eat you. You know, so negative stimulus, we're always looking for the negative stimulus and we're kind of always looking over the positivity thing. So 
let's just be more deliberate about leaning into the positivity because we don't live in that age anymore. You know, we, for the most part, we're kind of good to go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I love your message and everything you're saying here. And I really like your books. I haven't had the chance to really read them, but I'll be sure to, I'll, I'll make sure I check it out in the future. So um, I'm afraid that's all the time we have for today. Um, thank you so much for joining. It really means a uh, lot. No problem. Joining. Yeah. And um, any information anybody wants to get in terms of the books, um, it's motiveinmotivation.com. I have a website. I have a little form at the bottom on the homepage where people can ask a question if there's anything. And then I have a podcast that's motive in, in the motivation where I kind of define words and, and talk about different things and, and all of my different podcasts as well. So um, um, a lot, I'd love to hear back from you, whether it's the email or anything, if, if you uh, end up reading the book and liking it and let me know what you think. Yeah, please go check it out. I'm sure it's amazing. Like I'll go listen to your podcast later. And so thank you so much for being here and like talking about mental health and motivation with me. And I love like what you're doing and joining podcasts and all that. So thank you. Thank you. One, one podcast, one day at a time. I appreciate it. So as usual, before we end this, I would like to remind you to please reach out for help if you need it. Please talk to a trusted adult if you're feeling down or unwell. You can also call crisis hotlines, and if you're in an emergency, please call your local emergency services. Of course, you can talk to me for a chat or for some teenage advice, but I am not a tr- I'm not trained and not a professional, so I would suggest talking to an adult or a professional in that area first. Please do not hesitate to seek help. Before we finish this episode, I would like to say thank you for listening and that um, you can contact me at my link tree. And if you're listening on Spotify, it is um, in my about and you can easily find it on my Instagram bio. So um, please contact me there for just any suggestions, feedback or if you just want to chat. So I hope that helps. Thank you for listening. I hope you listen to my other episodes and I hope you have an awesome day. Bye.